everybody. Uh, Garrett Anderson coming at you live on Friday, September 16th. I am uh, checking in before I head up to Sedona, Arizona um, for a gig fundraising for the Oak Creek Watershed. Um, One of my uh, good buddies up in Flagstaff, his wife is the director of the Watershed Council, uh, executive director, I should say. And so through that connection, she said, hey, would you come play the cocktail hour of our fundraiser? And they've got a live band um, after me. Uh, So what I thought I would do was check in real quick about my day leading up to the gig. And then I've only got a couple minutes. Um, It's a little bit afternoon now, and I want to be up there by 3.30 at the latest um, so I can be ready to play at, uh, at four. So I need to wrap this up, uh, within the next few minutes, but I did just want to, uh, experiment with having a podcast that starts before a gig. And then I'll give a little update about how the gig went on the back end. I'm using a different microphone today cause my other microphone is all packed up. I've got everything, um, all my gear in the trunk. I uh, just took a shower, got myself all, uh, you know, I shaved my neck picked out my clothes, packed my bag. Um, I am good to go. I think after this, when I say, um, you know, I'm wrapping it up, it'll literally be hitting the the pause button on my software here and then grabbing my duffel bag and, and a seltzer water and a pack of beef jerky and hopping in the car and uh, heading north. Um, I do have to drop my um, uh, this new guitar, this Godin A6 that I've been playing with. Uh, I'm, so last time I said I thought it was a battery issue. This is an ongoing saga on this podcast, obviously. Um, it's because it's affecting my musical um, mojo. So I've been playing this A6 Ultra, and it sounds really good for the first 45 minutes or so. And then it just screeches and screams, and this obviously electronic malfunction um so it acted up on me at my last um uh the wine bar gig that i played a couple days ago um uh wild vines i get that confused with one of the bars i played back back east in in uh, ellicott city it was called pure wine cafe so that's the first name that always comes up to me um when i think about playing the wine bar but uh yeah so that gig went well um except for um you know, about 45 minutes into the gig, um, uh, this this guitar, the electronics poop out on me. And I was talking to one of my tech buddies, uh, a friend of mine from back east, Todd McCagg, who used to be kind of my go-to guy for all things music, gear. And uh, he, he's a bit of a luthier. You know, he can do setups on guitars and, and modifications and things. So I called him to pick his brain. And he says, you know what? Um, it's got, there's some fairly involved preamp and and settings and sliders and things in terms of bringing pickups in and out and adjusting tone he says those sliders are notorious for for having i don't remember if it's transistors or resistors or potentiometers or whatever it is but um, the components in there if they get heat up um, if they get heated up they have a tendency to malfunction if if they're you know if they're susceptible to that, right? So if they're already predisposed to malfunction, um, it's a common symptom for them to act up once they've warmed up. So I said, you know what, that sounds, uh, and, and I was using a, using a fresh battery, 
Um, so I'm like, it's not a battery. I got to get this guitar back to Godin. Um, so they, they gave me a, um, you know, it's, it's under warranty. So they coordinated with me to get it shipped back to them. I think they, they have a shop in Rhode Island. So I think, or New Hampshire, one of those upstate, uh, up Northeastern states. Um, so I got to drop that off on my way out to the gig, which is a damn shame, right? Because I'm going, I'm, I'm, I'm really in love with the sound that I can get out of this guitar, but it's just too unreliable. I need to go get it fixed. So bittersweet that I have to drop it off on the way to a gig, um, to get shipped off and repaired, but, uh, a stitch in time, right? Stitch in time saves nine. Um, no, actually I'm going to save my voice a little bit. Uh, I'm, I got some nervous energy about this gig. It's always a little nerve wracking to go on a road trip for a gig, only a two hour drive, but still, you know, don't want anything to go wrong. I, I want to have all my I's dotted and T's crossed. So I've been pretty awake all morning and, uh, and also, you know, my musical mojo is starting to tap and, you know, I'm thinking of what songs I'm going to play and kind of find myself singing some tunes and then I'm like hold on you know save your voice uh you know it's it's, it's going to be a quick gig I only think it's about an hour or so so I'm going to want to be somewhat discerning with my song selection but I've got a two-hour car ride ahead of me I'll probably listen to some podcasts um I heard that uh, Joe Rogan has Dan Carlin on his podcast and Dan Carlin is this history guy he hosts um Hardcore History uh podcast which is pretty phenomenal long-form takes of historical events with multiple resources and, and a very human sort of storytelling of the history. Dan Carlin does a fantastic job with those. And then uh, he also does these common sense um, podcasts, Dan Carlin does, that are commentary on, on modern social affairs and political affairs and, and things of that nature um, with a historical slant to it, right? That's kind of how he approaches it. Um, so I'm, and I've heard Joe Rogan mention Dan Carlin in the past, so I'm excited for Rogan that he has this cool guest, um, and I presume they'll probably talk for quite a while. Joe Rogan's podcasts run about three hours, so if you ever think any of these live matches get long, um, just compare them to a Joe Rogan podcast and they're nothing. Um, although he does have guests, uh, which I might play around with at some point. Um, I've got some ideas and, it, it, you know, throwing spaghetti at the wall. There's nothing off limits with these podcasts, so I might do that sometime. Um, anyway, so I'll probably listen to some podcasts on the way up and maybe a little bit of music, but it's kind of funny. I, 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 I'm not quite in the in the mood to listen to music. I want to get there and kind of have a fresh idea of of who I am and what I want to bring to the stage and into the table. Um, it's going to be a really beautiful gig. I have a feeling it's right off the water um, of, of of Oak Creek um, in Sedona, which is beautiful. So um, hopefully we got some cool views and and uh, maybe a little trickling water sound, uh, a little Mother Nature percussion. So, uh, yeah, I'm, I'm excited to get there, get all set up and then take a moment and take in my surroundings and be like, what songs fit this? What, what vibe fits this? Right. You know, maybe I'll play this song a little slower or maybe, you know, this slow song is a little faster and it gets sort of a woodsy organic groove to it. So try to be receptive to the universe and the setting and, and the tone and the place. Uh, but I am super excited to go play. Um, oop, smack my lips. Um, sorry about that. I'm watching the waveform on my software and I can see that that's going to be a loud one. Oops, my B. Um, so yeah, all my gear is loaded in the car. 
um, ready to go. Um, sipping on a little bit of yerba mate tea, which is delicious and going to keep me alert for the drive. Um, don't have terribly too much else I wanted to update on other than just sort of let you know that I'm pumped. Um, and this is sort of the energy, some of the nervous energy that turns into productive energy. I mean, I had a lot that I wanted to get done this morning and, and I'm just now sitting down to do this podcast and, and um, got to wrap it up soon. But this morning I vacuumed and did the dishes and wanted to leave my wife and kids a nice clean house, even though I'll be back tomorrow. It's just sort of a gesture of, hey, um, oh, by the way, I am taking off work today to do this Um just in case my boss listens. This is a PTO day. This is not some sham of a work from home day where I cut out at, at noon to go drive up to Sedona to gig. But uh, yeah, so a bit of an opportunity cost for this gig, but it's worth it. I had some PTO saved up and this is what I love to do. Um, go make some connections with some Sedona people and Flagstaff people and you know, spread that Garrett Anderson music experience and vibe. Um, super duper excited to go play up there. Um, it's always fun to go play a new geographic location. Um, yeah, so like I said, I got my neck shaved. I got my moisturizer on. Um, I got a little bit of uh, sunscreen on my left arm, my left forearm for driving through the desert. <laughs> There's actually this one stretch when you get out of Phoenix, when you get way up north out of North Phoenix, in between Phoenix and Flagstaff, you're still in the low desert. So it's really, you know, cactuses and rocks and that, that typical Sonoran desert landscape and there's some twists and turns through some canyony parts and you're slowly climbing elevation like you, you'll eventually get up to I guess 4,000 5,000 feet um, up, up at Flagstaff and Sedona um, but uh, um, maybe not quite that high at Sedona but um, before you get up in higher elevation up into the high desert where there's grasslands and, and different trees and shrubs and things there's uh there's some gnarly patches of desert that you drive through and there's this one section that i see and it makes me chuckle i think it's past a town called bumblebee um <laughs> where it says turn off your ac so your car doesn't overheat and i'm like "Ooh, that is a a, a tricky trade-off when you're making a drive in, in the late, you know, in the summer or, or here in the late summer. Um, it's like, ooh, do I really want to turn off my AC right now? Like, it's pretty hot out there. But uh, they make you think twice about it. It's like, hey, I'd rather turn off my AC now than, than have my car overheat and break down. But I'm, I'm going to try to not let too many negative thoughts enter my head about breaking down or car trouble or, you know, I mean, I'm, the, I'm such a worrywart that, like, as I'm driving, I'm like, oh, I really hope I don't get a flat, you know, because like those happen randomly and it could happen to me. Um, so quick story um, before I wrap up, I had this rash on my shoulder and kind of on my underarm earlier in the week. Um, and my wife was out on work travel. So I was home with the kids by myself. Didn't really think too much of it. You know, it was sort of a nuisance, but I, I moisturized it. I was like, ah, maybe I've just got some dry skin or maybe, you know, something gnarly from the, from the pool. I didn't really think too much of it. It, it was painful. It was itchy and burny. And I was like, oh, this isn't good. Then. And then I, you know, kind of did my Google research on skin rashes and I say, you know, hydrocortisone cream will probably take care of most rashes. I say, okay, let's try that. So I try that for a day or two and it's not, not really getting any better. I was thinking to myself, 
like, I can't let this slow me down. I still got to take care of the kids. I still got to have a cool, a cool life, get some stuff done. Um, I actually took the car to the shop. It needed some fuel sensors repaired, um, which was annoying because it seemed like a hinky dink little repair, but still cost a bunch of money. But, uh, but hey, you know, it gives me some peace of mind as I'm driving. Um, plus, I need to know how much gas is in the tank, right? So, anywho, um, yeah, I'm like, all right, um, this rash is sort of persisting. So, my wife gets home and she, uh, she sees it and she's like, let's call somebody. Come on, you got to go to the doctor or dermatologist. And I said, okay, thank you. So this beautiful, kind act of love. She had just gotten in from, from her flight from Indianapolis, <laughs> which reminds me of a, a quick Bill Burr thing where he's on a flight and he tells this great story. I'm going to butcher it, but, uh, or, or, you know, spoil it, spoiler alert. But he's like, this guy sits next to him, and Bill's flying to Indianapolis, and this guy's like, why are you flying to Indianapolis, Bill? So there's my little tip of the cap to Bill Burr's Monday morning podcast, uh, which I think is hysterical. Um, so yeah, my wife flies back from Indianapolis, and she's like, let's get this checked out. So this be- beautiful act of love, she gets on the phone, she finds a doctor within our insurance network, and she schedules me appointment for the next morning. Well, at first they're telling her it's going to be weeks before they can see me, and I'm like shaking my head. I'm like, no, nah, that's, that's not cool. And she kind of gives some pushback, and they say, you know what, we could see him at 11.50 tomorrow, which is today now. And I'm like, 11.50, that's when I'm supposed to be driving up to my gig. Um, and it would really stress me out to be sitting there filling out medical forms, waiting to be called in, waiting for the doctor, getting seen. You know, they'd probably send me to a pharmacy, etc. And I'm like, you know what? I got to leave drop dead no later than 1 p.m. In the, or I'll be freaking out. So I was like, you know, that's probably not going to work. Let me go to a minute clinic tonight. Because I had this memory of, uh, of a gig where I was playing my friend's wedding um, on the eastern shore. Um not on the eastern shore, on the bay. So in Maryland, right, there's a piece of Maryland that is across the the bridge, uh, the Bay Bridge, um, and then there's some cool bay shoreline. Um, So it was quite a ways away, and it was one of these wedding gigs. Um, And I, like, I gave myself enough time to get there, but just barely. So this whole drive, I'm white-knuckling it, like, holy shit, I cannot be, you know, every little spot of traffic was freaking me out and making me stress out, and um, it was just bad news. So I didn't want to put myself in that same place. So I said, no, like, I really appreciate it. Thank you for booking that appointment. But I, I'm going to go to the minute clinic tonight before I get out of here. Um, so I wrapped up my Thursday work day, went straight to the local walk-in clinic. And, uh, this woman takes a look at it. And within like uh, one second, she goes, oh yeah, that's shingles. And I was like, oh, Jesus, that sounds disgusting. Like, what? why do I have shingles? She says, you had chicken pox as a kid, right? I said, yeah. She's like, this is like grown-up chicken pox. Either for whatever reason, if you were run down, your immune system was run down or stressed out. Um, and then I'm thinking like, well, I did just have to watch the kids all by myself for a couple of days. That kind of stressed me out while working and, and while preparing for gigs and, and stuff. Um, I'm not complaining, but it did cross my mind. Um, or, you know, I had some sort of external exposure to it and it reactivated and it flared up on my shoulder and under my arm. 
Um, and she's like, yeah, we'll give you an antiviral and, uh, you know, sorry about that, but, uh, this looks like a relatively mild case. You know, I've seen this get really painful and, and spread out on people. So you're pretty lucky. And I said, oh, okay, cool. So, um, I feel disgusting and I'm embarrassed to admit that I've got some shingles right now. So my wife and I have been making a joke about it, you know, just like, uh, I, before she went to work this morning, I had to give her a side hug because, you know, I was like, I don't want my right arm anywhere near anybody else's skin right now. So I was like, I'll just give you a little side hug and, and see you off and blow you a kiss and, uh, you know, until this gets cleared up, kind of sticking to myself, um, which is fine. I'm, I'm, I, I do enjoy some human touch, but it's not my strongest love language. Um, but, uh, but yeah, so, Apparently, this isn't supposed to happen until you're like 50. Um, the, the woman who diagnosed me, she was like, yeah, you know, this is pretty uncommon for people your age. And I was like, fuck, are you telling me I'm like really old? What, what's going on? Does my body think I'm 50? Because um, I still feel like the youngest guy in the room. So anyway, that's my embarrassing admission on, uh, on the podcast. And with that, I got to hit the road. Um, I'll check in and and finish up this podcast and get it posted sometime early next week or or maybe this weekend after the gig. So, uh, um, yeah, hang tight and I'll be right back. All right, I am back for the second installment of this live at you. It is now Sunday, September 18th at about nine in the morning, Arizona time. Got a few minutes before I watch the Baltimore Ravens play the Cleveland Browns um, in some NFL football. So I wanted to wrap up this, um, this podcast and let you know how the gig road trip went. I am back safe and sound from uh, from my trip to play in Oak Creek, which is uh, just outside of Sedona, Arizona, and uh, spent the night in Flagstaff at my buddy's place. Drove back yesterday, had a little bit of socializing with some neighborhood friends in the evening yesterday, so uh, this is my first opportunity little bit of downtime here on Sunday morning the kids are watching a show downstairs this is funny so it's pretty noisy in the house and I was like you know what my setup with the laptop and the the little m audio preamp thing and my microphone is pretty mobile as long as everything you know as long as my computer is charged up so I said you know what I'll go sit out on my uh little uh second story porch area um at my at my house here and as you can hear it's the morning and I I was singing and kind of partying a little bit this weekend so my voice is probably a little bit shaky and right before I started I I had a little bit of phlegm you know hocked up a loogie and went to go spit over the edge and I look out and our one of the remote controls for our tv up in this office area is out in the garden like the rock garden area down as if I, I last night a kid we had a couple kids over hanging out a kid must have thrown the remote control uh, over the, the wall 
over our patio or, or our deck porch wall. Oh boy, this could be a rough one. I'm having a tough time stringing words together right now. It's been a fun weekend. So let me, um, let me tease that um, I'm going to start with the good stuff about the gig road trip. Um, overall, I'd say it was a success. It was a 9 out of 10, but um, the one that keeps it from being a 10 out of 10 was pretty, pretty significant, and it's going to turn into a bit of an ordeal. And so with that teaser, I'm going to save that wrinkle for the end and uh, sort of chat you through the, uh, the fun stuff about the gig. Um, I did get there in time with uh, about an hour. Uh, before I was supposed to play, which gave me enough time to leisurely load in and set up. Um, it did turn out to be um, in the canyon, Oak Creek, you know, Slide Rock Canyon, Oak Creek Canyon, um, and right against the water. So I did hear the trickling water, um, and I, uh, I even made a joke, or, you know, as I was chatting in between songs, I said, oh, you know, it's so beautiful to be able to hear this running water. And uh, that's that's Mother Nature's rhythm section right there. So, and then I, I got in. I said, you know, I gotta find a song that sort of matches that tempo, matches that beat. So it was pretty fun. Got a couple chuckles from uh, from calling that out. And I had cool views of some red rock. You know, Sedona is known for their beautiful red rock landscapes. And I, I could see some of the canyon from where I was set up. It was a really cool event, um, very just earthy, um, homegrown fundraiser type thing, and uh, they did a really nice job with it. There was lawn games, um, there was even a ping pong table. Um, they had it catered by the local restaurant, Indian Gardens Cafe, which was across the street, and I, I met a couple of the folks that work with them, and, and they were super nice. They had a local winery come out and uh, sling the drinks some wine and beer for the event, which was great. I got a couple drink tickets, um, you know, for, for you know, for volunteering the music. And, um, the circumstances were such that, um, so Flagstaff is about, you know, 30, 40 minutes north of Sedona. And that's where we were staying for the night. The, uh, my friends, who were part of the uh, Oak Creek Watershed Council, they said, uh, hey, you know what? Why don't you leave your car here? You know, you can leave it here. Um, I'm parked here. Uh, we cleared that with the uh, proprietor of, of the place and said, hey, is it cool if I leave my car here overnight? The only thing I was a little bit concerned about was that my gear was visible through the windows of the car, but it was a pretty peaceful place, and, you know, people are out there doing their outdoor recreation didn't seem to be too much of a seedy element, but, um, you know, it crossed my mind. I said, huh, I'm going to roll the dice on this one and leave my, my car with my, some of my gear. Um, and, and just cross my fingers that it's, it's not broken into, you know, don't come back to any smashed windows or whatever. Um, I didn't. Thank, thank goodness. But it did cross my mind. But I said, you know what? I, sometimes you got to trust in humanity and roll the dice and, and hope for the best. But uh, so my friend said, hey, we'll we'll shuttle you back and forth to your car. You know, tonight after the event, we'll drive you back. And then they had a wedding to go to in Sedona the next day. So they said, hey, there's no reason for all of us to drive. 
why don't you enjoy yourself a little extra because we'll be your designated driver. And uh, it was one of those things where because it was going to work out so well that I didn't have to do any driving that night or the next morning, I said, sure. (laughs) And uh, it became my mission to take advantage of that situation. It's almost like your obligation if you have a DD to get smashed. (laughs) So I was was feeling pretty loose and uh, hanging out at the bar a bunch. There was a a band after me. Um, I think they're called Black Lemon. And they're a Flagstaff group of... um, you know, some some younger kids and put together a four piece with uh, a guy playing cajon and percussion. And man, was he hustling. He was making it sound like a whole drum set. He had these percussion like ankle bracelets that were sound. I I think one of them was like a tambourine and one of them was kind of like a, I don't know, bells or kind of like some substitute for a hi-hat kind of sound. And then he was smacking the cajon to get some bass noises and some snare noises. But he was hustling. I was noticing how hard that guy was working to keep the songs lively. And uh, they had this cool thing, this little miniature bass. And I'd never really seen this. I think it was like a, I I, I don't remember what it was called. Um, But it looked like a little ukulele, but it, it, it made bass sounds. Like, I guess the tension of the strings and the gauge of the strings was such that it was a little bass guitar. And because it was acoustic electric, when you plugged it in, it sounded like a big old bass, like with a really good tone to it. So that was kind of, it's weird because you visually you look at it and you're like, that should be making a high pitched noise. But then you're watching the person play it and you're like, those are the bass notes. So I was um, sort of drunkenly giddy about that instrument and was like, I love the mini, the mini bass. I almost called it the mini banjo. Um, but no, the mini bass that looked like a ukulele was really cool. A strong singer um, and, and a cool little uh, guitar player guy named Robert that I was talking to a little bit. Um, so they were they were cool, and I got to drink you know this local wine and local beer and enjoy this band and enjoy uh, the company of my friends and these these cool folks that came out. It was a pretty low key gig for 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 my set. You know, I was the cocktail hour as people were arriving. Um, I played a mix of originals and covers. Didn't really use my lyric book too, too much. Um, and uh, n- nobody was really putting in requests, but I, I worked a variety of tunes in there. And I've been challenging myself a little bit lately to try to memorize more cover song lyrics so I'm less dependent on the book um, because it's a little bit easier to feel your way through the tune if you're not also trying to read at the same time. Um, and uh, it, it dawns on me too that my lyric book is pretty, you know, it's analog. It's it's p- printed out pieces of paper in a binder, um, and it's getting pretty bulky, which is good. It's a sign of a, a growing uh, um, and, and large song book um, repertoire. 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 Um, but uh, one of these days, I got to go digital with that and have it on an iPad and so you know something a little bit sleeker a little bit easier to to manage um i've seen people with little adapters to their mic stands that can be holders for ipads or or even some of these just large large screen iphones are probably big enough to to read some lyrics off of so that'll be one of the steps in my evolution 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 
Um, but that is not a priority right now. I don't mind lugging around that big book. Um, and there's something, you know, there's something old school about flipping through pages. But, uh, but yeah, so I didn't rely on that one too much. I, I used it for Franklin's Tower. Uh, my buddy he was a pretty big Grateful Dead fan. Um, my friend who I stayed over the night with, um, uh, and his wife is involved in the, the Watershed Council. So I wanted to do a Grateful Dead song for him. I played a pretty groovy little Franklin's Tower. Um, yeah, so I was set up in the grass and just enjoying Mother Nature. Um, it got a little chilly. You know, it was pretty warm when I got there and, and was setting up. Um, but then a couple songs into my set, because we were in the canyon, it got dark. You know, we were in the shadows very early, um, very early on in the sunset. So um, it got it got chilly. Um, I was glad I brought a sweatshirt and a jacket, which was so fun coming from the valley in the Phoenix Scottsdale area, where it's still it's still getting up to like 100, 105. Um, this summer is long uh, in the in the Valley of the Sun, so it was so refreshing to get up there into some of that mountain air, high altitude air. Um, it, it it is five thousand feet between Sedona and Flagstaff, um, like so in the valley. I don't know. We're at like sea level or a thousand feet maybe, and then as you drive north, you go up higher and higher into the desert. I did notice that I saw a sign for five thousand miles when we were coming back down from Flagstaff. So anyway, I, uh, I do my portion of the gig and people are receptive. It was a little bit of an older crowd. Um, so I got to play a couple of the, the slower tunes, uh, practiced What a Wonderful World, um, sang a bunch of originals, which felt great. Um, oh, the one thing that was a little bit of a bummer was um, there was a bit of a ground hum so I got all my stuff set up. I got my guitar plugged in. I got the, the microphone running and I was going to go sound check. And I hear like this low, probably, I think I've heard it referred to as a 60 Hertz ground hum. Um, and it was one of those hums where if you touch um, one of the cables on the, on the metal parts where it's connecting, anywhere through the chain, it would go away. And I think what's happening there is that your body is literally grounding the electricity. So I guess this small enough electrical signal gets grounded when you're touching it and that excess electricity has somewhere to go rather than making a buzz. And the weird thing was, so it was there, I didn't know how to troubleshoot it at the moment. And this is an area that I need to do a little bit of research in so I know how to troubleshoot this in the future. Um, I might need a, a direct box or just, I, I don't know, I, I need to look into this. But it was frustrating because it, it seemed like a, you know, if something was touching it or something could ground the signal, it should be fine. So I was trying to do goofy things um, like arrange my mic stand in such a way that it was going to like touch up against where my guitar cable was coming out of my pedal board and see if I could somehow angle it so that it was touching that and the ground. But none of that was working. Um, uh, I tried to like balance a harmonica next to where the plug was going into the, the mixer and that wasn't really working either. Um, I think it was because of the guitar signal. I think I remember if I muted the guitar signal, um, which was 
upstream of my looping pedal. The looping pedal is the most downstream pedal in my setup. Um, if I muted the guitar channel, I could still talk into the microphone and it seemed like that ground hum went away. So I, uh, the other thing too is if I rested my face against the microphone, the hum would, would go away. So I think I could ground it through my body through, by touching my mouth to the microphone. Sounds a little scary. And there are I, there have been times where I've gotten shocked um, when I go to start singing, though that happened more with uh, the full band setup back in the day. Um, but, uh, but yeah, so I could hear the hum and the buzz. It was not terrible. It kind of just made it sound like, you know, a, a less than professional sound, sort of a, a crummy speaker sound system thing, which I wasn't pleased about, but I, I was, I was talking to this guy who was kind of, um, one of the volunteers and, and helping set up and we were shooting the breeze while I was setting up. Uh, I was like, you know, I just got to come to peace with it. If I can't figure out how to stop it and it's not too, too bad, like, let's just, the show must go on. So I was a little bit down about that because I I just, I want to sound as good as I can. Um, And then it it crosses my mind. I was like, well, you know what? If I just leave my my mouth on the microphone, I can eliminate that. That's that hum. Um, which wasn't going to be the perfect solution, but at least I knew a way that without using my hands, I could get the hum to go away if it got really bad. Lucky enough, I walk away for five minutes. You know, I change out of my roadie shirt into my performer shirt, right? It's rocking just a t-shirt, actually the Baltimore Orioles t-shirt and quick, quick shout out to the Orioles. They're, they're in some meaningful baseball at this time of year, which is fantastic. So I was rocking my Orioles shirt for uh, setup, and then, uh, you know, something I could just get sweaty in and, and not worry about. And then it was somewhat of a more formal event, so I, I brought my collared golf shirt to, to wear during the, sh- the performance. So I changed into my shirt, go back over, plug in. It's about 4 o'clock. I want to get started on time. So I start playing, and, and the buzz had gone away. And I was like, oh, this is fantastic. It was a nice, clean sound. I could hear myself. Um, I could I could hear that it was clean coming out of the PAs. And, uh, yeah, got right into it. it, it that, that hum kind of came and went a little bit throughout the set. And one of those things where I was probably the one that was noticing it the most um, you would kind of have to pay attention and listen for it. Um, and it was most obvious during the quieter parts, but, uh, I actually did troubleshoot a little bit with, with, you know, as I was singing, I can kind of put my mouth up against the microphone and it was taking care of that hum. So I remember specifically, um, it had kind of flared up and was acting up right as I was getting ready to play Call Me Al, um, by Paul Simon which has become one of my go-to favorite cover songs to play. Um, one of the neatest things about playing that song is that the, the sort of hook um, groove is like that, right? So pretty, pretty simple sounding, um, but it, it's challenging to execute that as well as sing the melody for me. Um, It was one of those things that kind of reminded me of like left hand, right hand on piano. Um, What do they call that? Disassociation. I'm I'm not very good at that. Like if if my right hand is going to chunk out a rhythm, it's hard for me to do a different rhythm with my left hand. But I practice it a little bit. 
and I think practicing it on piano or, or drums for that matter, right? You sometimes you need limb disassociation to to do something with this, you know, with your right hand while your, uh, you know, right foot is doing something different and your left foot is doing something. So drummers, that, you know, good drummers can do that. Um, good piano players can do that. And as a singer, songwriter, guitarist, it's really fun and challenging to try to do something with your guitar and then something that's complementary with your voice. So, right, like uh, the vocal melody of the chorus is that, like, if you be my bodyguard, I can be a long lost pal. And um, it's fun to, to have to deliver that while still going, if you be my I could be Right? So, there's, there's sort of these two interweaving melodies and, and, and rhythms. Um, and, uh, once I got that nailed down to be pretty, pretty muscle memory and I could execute it pretty well, I was like, this is, and then of course there's that fun, like, call me Al, call me Al. Um, so that part, you know, it's good sing along and and the words are fast. I've got them memorized. So that's, that's been one of my go-to songs, but, uh, yeah, so this hum was happening. So I just pretty much leaned my mouth and face up against the microphone, the whole song. Um, which was crap making me crack up. Um, yeah, so uh, but some older folks, you know, folks that are concerned about the environment and have some expendable income to spend on a, on a fundraiser event. Um, I think they had about 50 or so folks show up. So they, they, they fundraised a, a decent amount. And um, it was a successful, nice event like a, a little slice of paradise. It was in one of the most beautiful locations you could imagine. Um, you, you know, good dinner, good appetizers, good drinks, like, yeah, salt of the earth kind of people getting together for a good cause. Really, really made me feel happy about that. Um, there's just some sort of truck in the neighborhood that must have been going backwards, making a beeping noise. Thankfully, it, it stopped pretty quickly. Stopped once it started. Oh my God! I just read a story on my phone this morning. I was flipping through uh, the news a little bit that uh, a plane crashed into a home here in in the Phoenix area in Gilbert, and the people on the plane skydived out of the plane. So they were flying. The plane caught fire, and they knew it was going to go down. And the people. Sk- jumped out of the plane and skydived to safety. The pilot uh, hopped out last and actually suffered some burns, um, but uh, crashed into a home. And the two people in the home were, were okay. They were not reached for comment, but they weren't like killed. The plane crashed into the home. These folks were able to get out of their home. The plane was on fire. It's like, oh my God. Turns out they, they were going to some sort of celebration event, some, some community event that was part of, I think like 75 different skydivers were part of it. I don't know the details, but just the, the big picture there that some people jumped out of a burning plane and then the plane crashed into a home is just bananas. Um, but uh, And then I also saw some other disturbing shit about 29 people injured in Chelsea, New York City, because of some bomb. Uh, and then they found like a, a pressure cooker that they were able to dis, disarm um, a couple blocks away. That's just oh, terrible news to wake up to. Very much the opposite of the happy, peaceful feeling that I was feeling at uh, the fundraiser gig. Um, 
but yeah, so salt of the earth people. I was hanging out at the bar a bunch because I had a DD. It was one of those things where by the end of the night, I felt like I was best friends with the bartender, <laughs> which, uh, you know, is um, they probably get that all the time. But uh, no, these guys were actually really cool. And um, the winery guy was like, hey, you could probably get into the winery circuit. Um, I, he, he was like, I'm responsible for helping coordinate customized events at our winery. So here's my card. Shoot me an email and maybe we'll have you out here sometime. So I was like, hey, there we go. That's, uh, that's one of the reasons that it, it, it's always worthwhile to go play because it's, it's the way that you organically network. So I owe that guy, Luke, he's a cool dude, um, an email, and I'll keep you posted if anything comes of that. So uh, we drive back from the fundraiser. It's a gorgeous full moon, so you can still see the canyon, even though the sun had gone down, which was pretty remarkable. The moon was so bright, and it, was, uh, it crossed my mind and sort of blew my mind that the moon, when it's a nice big full moon like that, that's just a mirror reflecting the sunlight. So it's still the sun's light. It's just the reflection of the sunlight off this rock orbiting our planet. I was like, wow, that's pretty cool. It kind of just sunk in a little bit. It's like imagine someone's holding up a little mirror, like a little shaving mirror or something, a little circular mirror up in the sky reflecting the sun's light back at us. I was like, that's pretty cool. So we get up to Flagstaff. It's only like 10 o'clock. So we, um, we walk down to, there's a, a little mountain town pub um, I just tooted. Oh, I don't know if you could hear that. Excuse me. Um, that's gross. I think that was my first on-air, on-recording toot for the live actions. It was a monumental moment there, getting a little sentimental. Uh, so we walked down to this mountain town tavern. They're in a suburb of, of Flagstaff or, um, you know, it's just kind of a woodsy little neighborhood with a, a country store, a general store with a tavern restaurant attached to it. And it's a very cool vibe, just a pool table, a couple locals, um, a TV up in the corner, but like one of those, you know, tube TVs with the, the big bulky backs that was on some ancient uh, mount system you know up in the corner uh had that old timey vibe to it flagstaff is just so cool there's a lot of a lot of good-hearted people and just uh people that work the land and and uh are progressive in terms of sustainability and outdoor recreating and they're they're cool there's good people up there i blend right in with my hippie hair and affinity for music and uh you know sort of uh more progressive, uh, more uh, live and let live kind of ideology. Um, but uh, yeah, so some nice folks. And there was Paralympics on the TV. So the Special Olympics are going on right now. And they had uh, wheelchair rugby, which was pretty amazing to watch. These guys with, you know, um, missing limbs and missing hands and, and you know pieces of their legs and stuff were wheelchairing around throwing this ball back and forth trying to score in the end zone dribbling the ball and um, just really remarkable athletes to be able to do this um, and you know frankly a little bit funny that they're s slamming into each other in wheelchairs like 
you know, there's there was nothing soft about it. Like there were guys getting tipped over in their wheelchairs, and they would have to stop play and come scoop them up and put them back in the wheelchair. But uh, and some you know obviously talented athletes. It was a close game. I think it was like maybe you know 40 to 41 when I started watching, and I noticed it was in the fourth period with only a couple minutes left. So this local guy that was kind of, you could tell he he enjoyed holding court at the bar and being friendly with everybody. When we walked in, my, my buddy's also like 6'3". So when we walk in, we, we kind of make a scene. You know, they were like, oh, the tall people are here now. And we were like, hey, you know, well, hi, blah, blah, blah. You know, um, it was one of those small towny kind of bars where if you don't say what's up, you know, uh, there's only so many people there. So you, you try to say what's up to everybody or at least give a little friendly nod. And um, um, so the, the Paralympic rugby is going on. My buddy wants to play a game of pool. And apparently there's this guy, he's like, he's there to play pool. You can tell he's got, <laughs> he was wearing like windbreaker slacks. You know, those slacks that kind of like swish, 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 swish when you walk in them, like athletic little windbreaker slacks. He had those on and a black t-shirt and it looked like he was drinking waters and he was just hustling people on pool, right? There's a line of quarters lined up, um, which I think is a cool little system. So if you want next game, you put your quarters down on uh, the edge of the pool table, and that's how they know that you're coming up to play next. So there's a couple line of quarters, and my buddy um, puts his quarter down. You know, a couple minutes go by, we're drinking, shooting shit, and then his turn comes up to play, and this guy has beaten everybody he's played so far. Um, he, you know, he thinks he's hot shit. He's there to play pool. He's got his own chalk and his own cue and, you know, he's, he's running the table. (laughs) My buddy gets up there to play and takes a while figuring out what stick to use. Um, gets all chalked up. The other guy breaks, you know, hits in a, a couple balls, you know, hits in another ball. And then it's like, oh, he's rolling. And the break was, was good enough that the balls had spread out enough that this guy, if he left himself his next shot, he was going to run the table, and he got down to, like, you know, my buddy had two of his balls left and the eight ball left, and I could see my buddy just put his cue down and go walk back over to the bar to, to order his next beer because this guy ran the table on him. Didn't My buddy did not get a single shot, and he comes over. He was like, dude, did you see that? I was like, yeah, that was crazy. <laughs> like, I don't think I've ever, I've ever seen that in person before. That guy just beat you without you taking a shot. Um, I imagine that's probably somewhat common for like super good billiards players, but that was really remarkable um, to, to watch. And I felt bad for my buddy because he paid for the game and didn't get a single shot. But, uh, but hey, man, that's some really good competition there. So he goes, well, I'm going to need to do that again. And he puts his next quarter down, you know, a couple people later. So this guy's still playing. Um and we're watching Paralympic um, rugby, and we, we realized that number seven for the Japanese team, it was USA versus Japan, so we had a, a rooting interest in the game, um, which was kind of fun. It made, it, you know, it made a bar full of strangers seem like a bar full of friends because we were rooting for the United States together. Uh, this number seven on Japan was, was really good. <laughs> so this, this one guy was like, there he is, number seven, you got to get him. You know, so we're starting to yell at the TV and, and get the whole bar engaged in the, in the game. And it's getting down to the wire. There's only a couple minutes left. Um, one of the funniest things, my buddy leans over to me. He goes, so do the coaches have to be paraplegic too? 
And I was like, I don't, I, it just seemed like something funny, insightful, and yet somewhat wrong to say. Um, and uh, I think eventually they panned to the coaches. And sure enough, at least a couple of the coaches were also in wheelchairs. But um, <laughs> just we were joking about like you know if if a coach could walk around and go out onto the onto the floor and you know to get his team to huddle up and he's out there walking around, it's like you know maybe he should have to be in a wheelchair too. Um, but uh, yeah, I wonder what the rules are about that if there are any. So the the Paralympic rugby game is going on and the bars laughing about that and uh, you know enjoying it um, and. Um, uh, this this guy's continuing to hustle people on the pool table, and then it's my buddy's turn again, and he goes up there and uh, manages to beat this guy. So he gets his revenge. The guy the guy gives him you know a handshake and says, "Hey man, I was 17, 17 wins in a row tonight, and that was my one loss. So good job." So I was like, "Hell yeah!" Like what a fairy fairy tale kind of situation there for him to get run. Uh, you know the table run on him without a single shot, and then the very next game that he that he plays, he gets he he beats this guy. Um, so and I was keeping an eye on it. I knew what was going on. I knew what was at stake, and that it was a pretty good competition. Um, so I was pumped for my buddy. But uh, yeah, so we had a couple more beers at that bar, and things were getting a little bit uh, a little bit late and a little bit sloppy around midnight. So we walked back to his place, and he has a uh, a 1970s refurbished camper that was um, actually really nice and really comfortable for me to crash in, because he also had his parents in town to help watch his uh, his baby uh, one year old uh, daughter, who was just so sweet. It was fun to see her the next morning. But uh, so, yeah, I crashed the night in the camper, which was fun. Um, they had a little space heater in there because it did get pretty chilly up in Flag, Flagstaff, Arizona. So, uh, yeah, the next morning woke up pretty groggy, but I was like, yeah, all right, well, I'm hungover. Uh, let's, uh, let's have a, cu- a water, a cup of coffee, a quick jog, and a shower, and then I'll be feeling better. So I was still a little bit run down yesterday, but that um, that happy, peaceful feeling that I get from a job well done, playing a gig, it's really nice. It's this like one to two day afterglow where I'm just like, you know what? All is right. You know, I, it's okay. You know, I just get this peaceful, like things are okay with the world. Things are okay with me. There's nothing I need to really hustle and hurry and stress out to do. You know, I'll, I'll get everything that needs to get done in time. Um, I was able to execute on my plan to arrive on time, and my gear worked uh, for the most part, except for that little hum. But uh, even that was fine. You know, put on a good show. Um, I just get this really nice, peaceful feeling like I did my part, um, which is, is nice. That's part of why I keep coming back to performing live music is because of that really nice feeling even if I'm hungover I'm like you know what this is this is cool and that crosses my mind too so I had the DD built in so it was a little bit unusual because part of me when I go on road gigs is like well don't don't play rock star like you don't have to get drunk tonight just because you played a good gig Right. There is a piece of me that's like amped up and jacked up and like, yeah, I did a good job. You know, once I get my gear all packed up, I'll want to celebrate with a with a couple beers. 
Um, you know, and it crosses my mind that if I went on a long tour, that would probably be unsustainable, right? I wouldn't want to get myself all drunk and, and hung over and get into that vicious cycle. Um, but for just the random road trip, that's, that's one gig out of town and, and then head, heading back home on the weekend. And I had built in DD, so designated driver. So I was like, all right, you know, let's, let's cut myself some slack and let, I'll, I'll celebrate this one a little bit. So it was fun, stuck to beer and wine. So it didn't get too, too crazy, but, uh, but yeah, so, um, next morning got back to the car. It wasn't broken into all my gear was still there. Uh, there was a lively little bustling uh, vibe about town because it was Saturday morning and people were already out on hikes and, and uh, well, I guess at this point it was lunchtime so people were hopping into the, the cafe for lunch and getting down to the river to, to swim and, and hike and just really, yeah, it's a f- great, great town and Flagstaff and Sedona. Um, so cool that that's just a couple hours drive away but uh speaking of the drive um as i was heading off so you know right as i wrapped up the first installment of this podcast i uh i hopped in the car and started driving to the ups store because i needed to drop off my guitar to get repaired and the route that i take to get to the ups store has me go through um, a school zone and I'm driving up and I see that there's some signs that mark, you know, there's, there's definite crosswalks with signs that say 15 miles an hour school zone. And I'm reading these signs as I, as I'm driving and I'm like, okay, I got to slow down. And I look up and I notice there's a police car, uh, up just a block ahead off to the right. And sure enough, she's got her gun trained on me. And I'm like, oh boy, okay. Didn't, you know, I was like, hey, I'm slowing down. I see that this is a school zone, crosswalks here. I looked extra hard to make sure that there wasn't a stop sign that I needed to stop for um, and that no one was using the crosswalk. And I was going very slow. I felt like I was crawling through. And then I get to the cop and I even give her a little friendly wave like, hey, thanks for making sure everybody's being safe. And then drive past, and lo and behold, she pulls out behind me. And I'm like, oh, no, you got to be kidding me. So, uh, you know, sure enough, the next, <laughs> well, up ahead where the shoulder gets wider, I pull over, and a cop pulls, pulls me over. She hops out, she says, hey, I have to pull you over. I got you doing 26 in a 15. So I was doing 26 miles an hour in a 15-mile-per-hour school zone at 12.30 in the afternoon, so school was in session. She goes, I'm going to have to see your license and, and uh, insurance. I said, okay. And uh, funny, a few podcasts ago, I was talking about getting pulled over for the insurance thing, so I knew I had the insurance thing sorted out. Um, this was um, in our other car, but I, I knew I had proof of insurance in the car. So, um and for, I'm still excited about the gig, and I'm just like, well, you know, this is, this is kind of what happens. I didn't get that jittery, nervous feeling because uh, I wasn't going fast. It didn't feel like I was really in violation of, of anything. But uh, she goes, hey, I'm going to have to give you a citation. Um, it's a school zone. 
Um, I said, okay, do you know how much that is? She goes, actually, they don't let us know that anymore, but I will tell you that I have the authority to double the penalty if you're being difficult and I'm not going to do that. You know, you're being very cooperative and you're being friendly, which I appreciate. And I said, okay, well, that, that's nice of you to say something like that. Um, and she goes, well, you know, it is, it is a school zone. And I go, I, I go, well, actually the funny thing is, is my daughter is in school right now there. Um, and she was like, oh, well, then I'm sure you, do, you you can appreciate that we need to keep it safe and and have people driving slowly. And I was like, I, uh, I sure do, you know, appreciate you keeping everybody safe. So I'm, I'm doing my best to smile through it and just it is what it is. So she says, you've got three options. You can fight it in court, um, but I do have you going 26 and a 15. Um, or you can go to driving school if you haven't done that in the last year, or you can pay the fine. So I think I've got the option to get away with it without being too too expensive um, if I do the driving school thing. So I've got to look into that. But just what a shitty way to start the road trip. And then so furthermore, now it's cutting into my time. And now I'm like, no, like I, I wanted to s structure my time so that I wasn't going to be stressed making this drive. I just want it to be a nice, easy drive and get there with plenty of time. But now the first thing that happens is this 15 minute delay getting out of my own neighborhood like i was blocks away from my house when i got this this speeding ticket and how hysterical is it that it's a speeding ticket for 26 miles an hour that feels like you're crawling along like it, and oh so here's the kicker right i told you i slowed down like i read the signs as i passed them and i go okay 15 that's really slow let me start slowing down oh there's a cop let me definitely slow down she told me that i had gotten down to 17 miles an hour by the time i went through the crosswalk and i was like oh like it, so so from her perspective she gets me doing 26 entering the zone she witnesses me slow down to 17 and then she still pulls out to give me a ticket. At that point, I'm like, this is a money grab. This is a shakedown money grab. Um, and then on the other hand, there's the it's a school zone. We need to keep people safe. But no one was walking around. It, was, it wasn't even right next to the school. It was next to the athletic fields next to the school. So the school's on this big, big lot with these fields, you know, soccer fields, football fields. And that's what I was driving past. I wasn't driving past the school itself. Um, there was no other cars, no people. Um, so that part of it made it feel like a money grab and got me frustrated a little bit. But I wasn't going to let it bring me down. I wanted to be in a happy mood. I was so excited to go see my friends and go see one of my favorite parts of the country. Um, and go perform in, in a new place. And um, it, re it really didn't bother me. I was surprised. I didn't get that jittery feeling in my legs. I just kept going. I said, you know what? It's all good. I'm going to go drop my guitar off to go get repaired. That's a productive thing. I'm excited to get that guitar fixed and back to me so I can, you know, start playing with that Godin A6 Ultra again. And, uh, you know, it is what it is. I can just do a Saturday driving school or, or a couple, you know, a couple days a week. I don't know what the driving school situation's like, but, um, it's not the end of the world, right? It's just, and now I know, right? Those are the lessons that stick with you. Make sure you drive slowly through the school zones. So that was annoying and definitely cut into the, um, you know, 
the, if I have to pay a fine, the expenses of the gig, right? All of a sudden that becomes a much more expensive gig. Um, uh, and it just the hassle of it. So I'll keep you posted, um, <laughs> with my, my dealings with the law, but, uh, yeah, that, that's, that's a factor. That's what I get. You know, I'm like, I want these road trip adventures with music and Sure enough, it's always something a little bit unexpected. But uh, I did make the most of my way back, too. There's this cool little Rock Springs Cafe, which is known for its pies. They've got these big 1950s-looking billboards uh, advertising their their homemade pies. So on the drive back, uh, that's like way up in North Phoenix. So on the drive back, I passed it. And I said, well, I'm going to make the most of my road trip and stop here and explore the grounds a little bit. It was cool. They have this little farmer's market kind of thing going on and, and like a little craft shop. So it was fun to look at. Nice little nature area with some running water, trickling water. Rock Springs, I would guess, based on the name. Rock Springs Cafe. And uh, picked up a blackberry pie, which I um, have to admit I had some for breakfast this morning because uh, I'm an adult. I'm an adult and I get to pick what I want for breakfast. So uh, all's well that ends well and uh, good gig. Now I get to rest up and um, go play a gig on Tuesday night, corporate gig um, at this place called BLK Live here in Scottsdale for uh, a, uh, a corporation uh, event. So that one should be fun. They've got a sound guy and, and house sound. I think it's like a legit stage. So that's going to be fun. I'm going to have to put on my, uh, my, my big boy performer pants. Like I, I don't think I'm a fly on the wall cocktail hour, um, you know, just adding to the ambiance guy. I think they, they're having me out there to be the entertainment for the night. You know, I, I start at 630. I asked them how long they want me to play. They were like, uh, we're hoping like three to four hours. You know, does that work? You can take some breaks, of course. I was like, oh, man, that's like, that's a hefty order for a solo performer. So I'm going to have to rest up my voice and, and brush up on some, some fun songs. I think I'll brush up on Daft Punk's Get Lucky. I haven't played that one in a while, but that's one that works pretty well with the looper. Um, and a good little, you know, good beat to that song. So I'm going to have to... Make sure I'm brushed up on some of my, my crowd favorites. You know, I don't want it to be too, too uh, singer songwritery, folky, put people to sleep. That's, I don't think that's the vibe that they're going for. So uh, it's, it'll be a fun challenge. And I got to do a lot of the folk singer songwriter stuff at, uh, at Oak Creek. And then I get to balance it out with the party gig on Tuesday. So good challenges, forcing me to be a versatile performer, um, which is something I pride myself on. So, uh, so yeah, that was the, that was the gig and, um, yeah, I'm feeling very, very blessed, very grateful, very fulfilled. And, uh, frankly, it's going to be a little hard to switch gears and get back to work tomorrow. But in the meantime, I've got the rest of my Sunday ahead of me. So I'm going to enjoy some football and some, some good food and, uh, some good family time. Cause I, I of course missed the kiddos and the wifey, uh, even though it was just a quick overnight I was thinking about them, and uh, uh, as I sing in my song, Tea with Einstein, you gotta leave to come back home, so there's there's some truth to that. You get home, and those hugs and kisses are, are even more meaningful, because you, you went away and did your thing, whether it's a work trip, or a gig, or 
you know, even just a, a boys weekend or what have you. It's, it's good to balance out being home and, and being away. Uh, here's one more toot. Oh, that was weak. That was a weak sauce toot. Uh, I'm going to have to get a good one on one of these. Um, all right, and on that gross uh, fart butt dick and joke note, um, let's wrap it up. Thanks for listening, and have a great, great week ahead. Check in with you later. Peace. Gonna be a